What's going on guys and gals? Welcome to episode 53 of the Workprints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. I'm your host Rob, and as always, I'm being joined by Bilal. What's up, Bilal? May the fourth to be with you, Rob. Oh my god. <laughs> I know, I had to. I had to. Oh my god. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> That's it's but it's episode 53. It's been a year. It's a year worth of podcast. <laughs> it's a leap year worth of podcast. Yes. Exactly. All right. Well, listen, let's just go straight into what we've been playing this week because I'm going to need a little bit of time when it comes to mine. Bilal, why don't you kick it off? What have you been playing? I finally, finally beat Yakuza 7 or Yakuza Like a Dragon as oh, it's in the West. I was going to say, I was going to say, and yet you refuse to call it by its actual name here. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not even the 7th Yakuza game. It's like so, the 19th Yakuza game. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. But um, yeah, I finally did all and i got every achievement i beat the game the story is fantastic uh i'm glad to see it wrap up there some some of it doesn't land but majority of it does and i think it's enough to carry it through uh, through the end um i'm really i really hope uh sega comes back with another um story for ichiban it really does seem like they passed the torch to him uh in this series and the story kind of almost feels Shakespearean uh, by the end of it. Uh, How many hours was your total playtime? So I was crazy and I did every achievement, which requires you to grind um, all your characters to level 99, get your job up to level 99, and level up another job class so you're prepared enough. Uh, so my final playtime came in around at 70 hours and 21 minutes. Uh, if I take all that away i probably could have finished it around 45. that's not too bad that 45 yeah. is actually less than i was led to believe based on other people's reviews and stuff like that so i i did you run into a situation because what i hear a lot is that towards right before the ultimate chapter the final chapter the final ending section mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it that then it becomes a little bit of a grind so it's interesting because I that's something I'm was made well aware of before jumping in, and I think the one chapter everybody talks about is chapter twelve, where your characters are around level thirty, around level thirty actually, uh, and you, I think by the time you get through that area, you might be like level thirty six, and then you hit these level fifty enemies out of nowhere, um, and they're, they're two bosses, they're level fifty, and like. Nothing prepares you for them. What the game does do is it offers, because it's, you know, the character is a big fan of Dragon Quest, they offer these enemies that give a shit ton of experience. And you can just go into the dungeon and just grind those um, really fast. Uh, honestly, within an hour, I was, or I was like, level 40. I went from like 28 to 36, or maybe even faster than that. Uh, you can just grind extremely fast, and then in the late game as well. Um, uh, there's a higher level version of that enemy that grants even more experience. So I was getting like, and with experience type ex uh, accessories, I was gain gaining about like a million per fight, a million experience per fight. So it was just constantly leveling up at a certain point. So if you know the trick, um, and it, it goes by really quick. Okay. Did anything surprise you about the ending? I mean, I know you were already enjoying the story quite a bit, obviously. Uh, from, so... The game is kind of like if you think of it like an anime. The the game has arcs of like story arcs, uh, I would say. And by the time I got to chapter twelve, 
it, it, you know, it's it's heading into the finale. There's some major story reveals going. You learn a bit more about Ichiban's past uh, and some big revelations. Um, and I think chapter thirteen emotionally wrecked me uh, okay. because there are there are reveals in that chapter that like and just like what I, I didn't see coming. Like it, it, you just can't see it coming because uh, it, it's how it's explained, but like how it re- ties into the story, how it ties into the characters. It's like I said, it's very Shakespearean uh, in a way, and it's it it, it, it sits with me. Um, it still sits me with me like a, a day later, and I still think about it because I didn't, and I can't really say that about many video game stories uh, that where a story sits with me. So, uh, you know, I think at the end, if I were to give this like a review score or something, I'd probably give it like a nine out of ten. Um, it it was a great experience, and I hope more people and uh, check it out. Okay, nice, yeah. awesome. All right, what have what else have you been playing? I did the thing I said I wasn't going to do and bought the $70 game on the PS5 called Returnal. Of course you did. Yeah. So I did justify it to myself because I game share with my cousin on the PlayStation 5. Okay. And so I, so I, I texted him like, hey, you want to go have these on Returnal? And he said, yeah. So $35, not bad. Um, and so in Returnal, it, Returnal is a roguelike taking place in a world that seems like an amalgamation of alien meets annihilation. Um, the literal intro to this game is a woman flying her ship onto a planet and it says, do not land. Like on her screen, it's like blaring, do not land. And she does it anyway. And she ends up stuck in this time loop. So every run, um, you come across dead bodies of yourself with like audio logs of previous versions of yourself uh, that... Um, you know, we're trying to find a way off this planet. And so the game's mystery comes across as every time you die, you restart back at your ship and you're just trying to figure out what's going on. There's this weird astronaut that's kind of like following you in your fla- in like the story flashbacks or something like that. Uh, but it, it it's a shooter, roguelike, third person. Uh, it's fluid. It feels great. It looks great. But I think the one thing that rubs me the wrong way is these runs can be really long and there's no way to stop or save. And sometimes when you have a long, exhausting run, you just don't want to... Um, like, I just want to put the controller down and be like, okay, that's it for today. I, I don't have the energy to jump back into another long run. Uh, it, it, it was something I also experienced with Hades, uh, where, you know, I would have great runs, I'd get to the final boss in Hades, and then I'd die, and that was a half hour of my time, which is not a lot, but, like, getting there, getting the, the right type of boons and stuff, and then Returnal, you get, like, parasites that give you, like, buffs and debuffs, you get random weaponized drops, like, every run, uh, you don't carry anything over, so you kind of start from scratch, outside of, like, key items, like, your melee weapon, uh, and uh, a currency called Ether, which you can spend on upgrades. But everything else you lose. Um, there's three types of currencies. There's ether. There's ooblites. Um, just think of it like money. And um, there's like these data cubes that uh, unlock like permanent upgrades or uh, along the way. I was, I, I mean, I'm having a good time with it, but it's definitely something that I wish. 
gave me a bit more in terms of um, the runs. Like, I wish I could feel like I was progressing in, in some manner. Like, dead cells, if you, you know, you're able to get those cells and spend them on upgrades, new weapons and stuff between runs. And Hades, same thing with the, um, I forgot what they call them in Hades, but with the mirror upgrades, uh, you know, you could feel yourself slowly progressing and stronger. Here, like, I do feel myself getting better uh, in terms of the runs, but it is, I, I wish it was maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, you know, the environments change per, every time, but there's just enough that makes it seem uh, similar enough. Like, I am I know I've been through runs where, like, this feels exactly like that previous room uh, on that previous run, but it's supposed to be a randomized room. Uh, so, you know, it, it has a familiarity to it. Uh, I, on my third run, I got to the first boss, ended up beating him, I think, like, two runs later. Uh, and then it opens up this portal to the second biome. Uh, which is like a more like a desert like and what's cool is like you don't need to go back and beat that first boss You can just dive right into the second biome uh, but what you do lose there is um, Your ability to upgrade your weapons um, the proficiency of your weapons which like gives you stronger and better um, Equipment as you go through the areas um, enemy variety is great uh, but I don't know I <sighs> Not having the ability to save like I, I haven't had rest mode issues I did have a crash once which set me back because as soon as I turned the, the game back on I lost that run uh, And I think I was like 20 minutes into it, but like from what I'm hearing is some runs can go on for hours and If you look at games like Spelunky um, You know where once you master that game like you can do it and run fairly quick um, so I don't know how long a successful run in Returnal takes, but not being able to save um, or at might just be a big negative in my eyes. Yeah, I know it's funny. I have heard all the complaints that you you mentioned today. Or I I keep going back and forth with this game on whether or not I even want to give it a try. Right? I think I mentioned before that this is the type of game that because I'm on the fence. I usually just gamefly this mm-hmm. this type of game. This seems perfect for it, except for the fact that I don't even know if I want to waste the days shipping to me and days shipping back on this. If I'm even going to enjoy it at all, honestly, because truth be told, normally roguelikes are just not my thing. You know, um, it takes a very special one to get my attention and hold it for anything more than mm-hmm. you know a couple runs. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I've, I've tried Rogue Legacy. I've tried uh, I've tried a bunch of them. I've played both Spelunkies. Uh, and even Spelunkies, like... Spelunky has a skill cap. Spelunky is like the Dark Souls. <laughs> it's harder than Dark Souls in my eyes. Um, so, like, it, it needs to have a good hook. And I think with with this, it might be the narrative. There, whatever narrative bits I get in terms of audio log, which explain, like, the biomes. Uh, you know, you come across, like, rooms with, like, alien corpses... Uh, so, you know, it has that, Prometheus wasn't a great movie, but Prometheus had a nice, um, air of mystery to it, and so that's what Returnal does have that, um, and the gameplay is smooth, it is fun, uh, I'm, like, when I'm on these runs that are lasting for a while, I'm having a fantastic time. So that, that is the one thing, is that, by all accounts, it does play really, really well, so that is what is pushing me to at least give it a shot. Yeah, but it's it, but it's the thing of once I die, 
I have to, and I start back up at, at that ship. I'm just like, oh, am I gonna get the weapon I want? Am I gonna get the parasites I need uh, for this run? Um, and it, you know, when it's, I get to play late at night, um, just with uh, how my life is going right now. And you know, when it's two thirty a.m. and I'm dozing off with the controller in my hand, you know, it's, it, you know, it might not be the game uh, for me right now uh, in my life. Now, my understanding is, once you do beat a boss, there is a a gate that you can then take that will skip that yes. boss, right? Get you to the next level. So the runs could potentially become progressively shorter. Yeah, and and so what I found is uh, the gate itself is somewhere within that first biome. Uh, so sometimes it's right at the beginning, and you can take it. And you, once you arrive in that biome, yeah, you get. Um, so the way the weapons work is you start at level one weapon proficiency, and as you get kills, uh, more and more kills, it increases. And uh, then you get to level two proficiency, and you get be- like level two uh, weapon drops. Uh, and so when you go to a biome, there's an item there that automatically increases your weapon proficiency. Uh, so you know you're not entering a biome and getting shit t- tier weapons um, from the get go. So like th- that's a nice add because uh, that was one of my fears going in. So I do like that. But like the thing is like the items you can buy, the the currency you need to get from killing enemies. If you're skipping the first biome and going directly to the second, then like you might put yourself at a disadvantage there. So it's like, how much do I want to grind in the first area before going to the second? Gotcha, um, got you. And like, I think after you beat the second boss, you get the grappling hook, and within the first biome, you see like, you see like grappling hook locations all over the place, and you're like, I, I'm really curious what's up there. Um, and maybe it's faster ways to get better weapons. Uh, and so, really curious to see uh, how that all works out. Uh, one of the mechanics I do really like is the adrenaline uh, feature. So... Every three enemies you kill, uh, your adrenaline increases by one, and it gives you like a little boost, uh, maybe like better weapon overboost, which is like kind of like active reload, uh, melee damage better uh, or more money. And if you get hit once, you lose all your adrenaline. So like the game is basically telling you don't get hit. Uh, the longer you don't get hit, the better you do. And so um, it's a really neat system. Uh, I need. I think I spent like three, four hours with it um, on Friday, but Friday was the only day I really got to put some time into it as uh, my wife had the TV and I was like, I got to play some Yakuza. So I jumped <laughs> on the PC uh, to wrap up Yakuza. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely put some more time into it uh, over the course of this week. Um, but, yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah, at $70, you better. Yeah, no, 35 <laughs> Game share. Find, <laughs> fine, find, fine. Find, find a friend and game share. Oh, um, one annoyance that I do want to quickly talk about is when I started up the game, uh, it did ask me, hey, do you want this game to send you notifications? And I was like, sure, okay, why not? Every time one of my friends dies in this game, my phone gets an alert saying so-and-so died in this area, and apparently I can go find their body, um, but I'm just never on the console at that time. I feel like I get this message like multiple times a day and it's really, really annoying and I'm not sure how I can turn it off. Well, I mean, just tell your friends to get, get good, right? Yeah. Just, just remove them from my friends list at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go nuclear. All right. Well, as for me, you mentioned that you're playing Return and you actually mentioned Hades. So that's a roguelike I'm currently playing. I think I mentioned it a couple podcasts ago that I had picked it up for the first time. I actually didn't play for about a week or so because it hadn't quite grabbed me yet. I wasn't at the point where I was like, uh, maybe one more run, maybe one more run, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm at that point now. And 
just in the past two days or so, I've put in significantly more time. I, I'm still only at like nine or ten runs, something like okay. that. Uh, I finally reached the final boss. Oh, in, wow. In the you run. got there faster than I did. Oh, okay. You uh, got good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, the thing is, though, is that I think the way I'm playing also isn't quite the way it wants me to play. So I found the weapon I liked, unlocked a couple other ones, and then was like, yeah, I just like this one weapon, right? Mm-hmm. And then I find out later on, because the game does a very good job of interspersing dialogue between the characters to let you know, like, hey, maybe if you do this, that thing you got a while ago will actually be useful. And so I realize now that the Titan's blood that I have, that I've had no use for, I realize now that's probably because I don't have all the weapons unlocked. And so that's kind of, I just finally unlocked the gauntlet, right? Okay. The, the, is that's that the, the last one. That's right? the last weapon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. If not, there's, no, no, no. The rifle is the okay. last weapon. And so I unlocked that. And so I don't think I, I haven't started actually started a run with that yet. I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to now that I've unlocked it. I just might go ahead and grab the one weapon that I do enjoy the most. And I am enjoying this more. This is the first roguelike to actually get me. Right. Yeah. And I know it, it got tons of praise this past year, made plenty of game of the years list and one game of the year at, at many sites. And when I first started playing it, I was still like, yeah, I mean, it controls well. The narration's really well done. The music's fantastic. I mean, everything from these guys, I I, I love, right? From the studio, I love. I love Bastion. I love. Uh, uh, what was the other one that was? I actually oh. never actually beat it. Transistor. Transistor. Thank you. But I did love the environment and the narration and mm-hmm. the voice acting and the music. I mean, they're one of the few. Those are some of the few games where I actually go on Spotify. I'm like, all right, I want to listen to this, you know, soundtrack. Yeah. And so I am enjoying everything about the world. I love the art style. It runs surprisingly well on my Switch. I had a situation actually earlier today where I was going up against a number of witches and they just shoot a ton of projectiles at you where frame rate definitely dropped and it chugged a little bit. But outside of that, it's been fairly smooth and I am fully into the okay one more run all right just yeah. one more run of of this game have you been playing it exclusively in handheld no so i started on my tv and lately i've been playing it just in handheld just because of the convenience of it and the fact that i can sit in the living room while yeah. other people are doing things i think yesterday last night actually my wife was signing notes on our our bed at night and i didn't want the clicking to to bother her but i still wanted to hang out with her so i was in the same room just on a chair off to the side or whatever and so playing on the handheld so playing on the tv and like i part of me thinks it actually plays better in handheld mode and i'm enjoying it more there than i was on the tv i so i play that game exclusively on the switch and then the first time i um put it uh i docked it put on the tv I beat the game. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, I was just like, I was like, I was able to read. I don't know what it was. I was just able to read the the final fight a bit better. Um, 
and so I, I don't know maybe that tv is just magical or I'm yeah. just, <laughs> i just had a good run but uh it, it is definitely oh uh, what weapon are you using i'm using that spear okay weapon yeah i i started with the spear i really like the spear and then i gravitated then i tried the bow once and then i beat the first boss for the first time and beat the second one in that same run and i was like oh god uh the bow is great and then i unlocked the shield and the shield's just been my go-to oh really since yeah try the shield i, okay. I really really enjoy the shield see i kind of like the reason i like the spear so much is that it gives you the range that the bow kind of gives you mm-hmm. in its special attack while still being you know uh, a close wage weapon when needed and an aoe weapon when needed yeah. And so, I mean, I unlocked the shield. I have, haven't done any runs with it. I just used it in that weapon area where you can test them out. Yeah. And was like, eh, this doesn't seem like it's for me. But It, it takes some getting used to, um, for sure. But, like, I, I'm just, like, dashing everywhere and just smacking people. Just, the, like, the dash attack is just yeah. fantastic with it. And then you can just dash and throw it, and it just bounces between enemies. Uh, and, like... It blocks projectiles as well. Um, so, you know, if you hold Y uh, with it, it charges up and you just block a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, All right, so, maybe I'll have to give yeah. it a shot. And I, I th- I'd like, you know, you mentioned the narrative for it. And I think w- the one thing that Hades does well is, and I'm not going to spoil this for you, but it's like once you beat the game the first time uh, and you see how the ending plays out, it gives you a great reason to continue playing. Um so I will say that yeah. because I can't help myself, I've already heard everything mm-hmm. there is about the narrative. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I was listening to, normally I stay away from that stuff if I know it's a game I'm going to try, but I was listening to um, a game of the year podcast. And so I didn't, Some oftentimes I will fast forward through those parts, but because I was still on the fence on whether I even wants to play this or not, uh, I did hear... I mean, obviously, it's not the specific lines or whatever. It's not like yeah. I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch a playthrough, so it's not. It's not that. But yeah. I do know the concept, and I do know why. It, how it incentivizes you to do additional runs, yeah. and even the story explanation for doing runs after another milestone that you hit. And so I do know all of that stuff, but I, I am still, nevertheless, excited to get to that point. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think sorry to cut you off, but I think if I was at the level that I am just now, one run later at that final boss, I think I would have beat the final boss. The problem was, is I, I at the time where I met up with him, I only had one death defiance uh, unlocked, and so now I have a second one, and I and well, who knows? I only got him to like. 60% health, 50% health supply. So maybe maybe not, but uh, do you have any nectar? Yes. Give it to the skeleton in the training grounds. Okay. Okay. And then use what you get out of that. Oh, uh yes, I have that. Yeah, I that? I did not have that on at the time, but I have that as as well now. It's uh it, yeah, it was I pretty much had it on exclusively. <laughs> yeah, um uh, as I played that game, uh, it, you know, it gives you the extra death defiance and, uh, yeah, it, it, it comes handy, especially early on. Cause that Elysium fight boss fight is such a pain. <laughs> it's such a yeah, pain. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, yes, it is a pain. I think I, I think I, it was the third time through when I, when I actually beat it, uh, getting to that point. Cause 
I mean, all of them, even that one, you figure out the trick to yeah. it, you know? It, it, it's funny because, like, I think with that fight, especially when I first got there, I was like, well, this is impossible. And then, yeah. like, a couple of attempts later, you just re- you're just breaking right through it. Yep, yep. And so, no, I'm excited to get back to that. Honestly, I might play some more of that tonight and, and see what I can happen. Besides that, you mentioned that you had tried the Xbox Cloud streaming on... Mm-hmm. Your phone. I don't remember. Did you mention if you had tried it on PC as well? No, I, I haven't messed with it on PC. Okay. Well, because I had already tried it on my Android device. And I, I as I mentioned before, I got the invite to try it on PC and iOS. I don't have an iOS device. Well, I do have one in the house, not mine. Anyway, I figured I'd try it on PC, right? Because the best experience I had with Google Stadia was actually sitting down at my computer and using it. And I ended up booting it up. And I chose to play through Telltale's The Walking Dead Michonne, right? Yeah. For multiple reasons. Okay? <laughs> One of the reasons we'll get to in, in two minutes. But the main reason was because I wanted to play a game that I thought would not suffer from any input lag. Yeah. Okay? And so I tried that out. And honestly, it was like it was running natively on my PC. Granted, my computer's hardwired. I have a very, very fast internet connection, both up and down. But I was super, super impressed with how it ran. Honestly, it ran the same way Stadia did when Stadia ran at its best. And so for me, what this does is, yeah, I could probably just install all of these because I have Game Pass for PC if I wanted. But a game like that, or if a game like that that doesn't... Re- falter if there is some input lag stuff like that why waste my time installing it why take up that hard drive space why not just be able to play it almost right away mm-hmm. and so i think again where this being additive is why this is so good i mean we are at a point where i could try a game decide that i like it and then install it and while it's installing keep playing yeah right and it'll pick up right where i left off and for me, that is just, it is so, so impressive. Now, granted, I have very fast internet. I'm hardwired in. And I did it twice and had the same more or less flawless experience both times. Now, we'll see what happens when this isn't invite only, when it does go out wider, depending on how many people are actually using it and stuff like that. But as of right now, I mean, I have absolutely zero complaints. And I think it's super, super impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... I think what Microsoft is doing there just continues to grow uh, and make this make their uh, environment just the place to be when it comes to all this. Like even uh, like I mean, I think Sony ha- might have the better repo- remote play uh, offering right now. I don't know what Sony's doing on the PlayStation Five with the remote play, but that shit's magic compared to uh, the, the Series X uh, with how well it's worked for me. Um, but like. You know, it's Ramadan, I've been fasting, and over the weekend, you know, I just wanted to lay in bed uh, a bit longer. I grabbed my backbone, plugged in my phone, and I was just playing. Uh, Yakuza from the console, uh, jumped onto the cloud streaming, and, you know, checked out Narita Boy a little bit. Um, you know, it, just having that, just having the ability to play anywhere um, feels great. Like, I, what I'm hoping for is that this expands to a point where... Say, you know, cloud gaming or it's cloud 
what are they calling this X Cloud? No, it's called Xbox Game Streaming. That's it. G- game Streaming. Okay. Yeah. So I'm uh, like, I hope once this launches fully, it's any game in my library I can just take and just fire up and just fire up a a version of it, like either you know well, from what they have available. And I like if we reach that future, like you could literally game on the go with it. You know, it's that Stadia promise of like never having to wait, never having to run an update. Um, that'd be nice to definitely see. Yeah. And so besides those two games, I also played a ton of other games, not just this past week, but this month as this past month as a whole. Like I said, I think two episodes ago, three episodes ago, maybe I've been engaging a little bit of a achievement war with some of my friends. And it started off basically just me and one other friend, me and my friend Garrett doing this. And then a couple weeks in, um, or about a week into April, you know, me and Garrett are close. And then all of a sudden, I see that our other friend Matt is at the top of the leaderboard out of nowhere. And then he starts running his mouth. And so I was like, okay. So I start playing more and more games. And then I see that I would get ahead of them. Uh, Matt in particular, and then all of a sudden he'd be up ahead of me. So I go to check the games he's playing, and literally the moment I play a game and get a thousand achievement points or so, he's then going and playing that exact same game. So now I'm doing literally all the work of finding these games, right? Just for him to mooch off of it. That sours me on the whole competition, and at that point I decide I'm not going to do it anymore. But what I will do is I'll hide my achievements and my game history and I will act like I'm continuing to do this just so that he continues to play games that he has no interest in. Right. And he wastes his time. That was the plan at least about halfway through April. (laughs) A week ago, out of curiosity, I check and look at the leaderboard and I realized that he hasn't gone up much since it turns out, you know, he says it stopped becoming fun when that took the fun out of it. When I hid my achievements kind of seems like he would have had to do actual work. Yeah. And he was like, no, 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 I'm good. And so at that point I'm like, well, I mean, I'm close. I might as well just go for it. Right. And then I hit in about four K worth of achievement points over the course of two days. So, so let me let me read some of these that I'm looking at right now. Okay. I'm guessing I'm guessing Apex you already had a thousand in. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, let me I'll go back. This is yeah. probably I already have my list up here, and tell you. So I think I might have mentioned on the podcast that I had played the Little Acre, which is a point and click adventure, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. And that one I didn't do any like guide or anything like that. I just knew I could beat it in a, a two three hour span. And I just figured I'd collect whatever achievements I could there. So I, I got 600 on there. There is a game that actually just left Game Pass called Fractured Minds, where you can get all 1,000 in like 20 minutes. And so I played through that, and that was not a great game. But it was only 20 minutes. So, well, But you only got 900. So what happened to the last 100? Well, at this point, this was still early in the month when I had first started. So I wasn't going and looking for like achievement guides and stuff. So there yeah. was a couple of achievements where you 
had to do something specific. And once I had beat it, I wasn't going back to then do this one thing, right? I replayed What Remains of Edith Finch because I had played it on my PC where there are no achievements. And so I played it on the console knowing not just the fastest route through the game, but also what all the achievements are and how to get them. So, so, so you did a What Remains of Edith Finch speedrun? Yes, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I started to play Tell Me Why again, which is similar to the Telltale games. I had started it and it just, I don't know what it was about the, that time when I had started it, but other games just kept pulling my attention. So I had started to play it, completed the first chapter. And then around that time is when I was like, okay, this isn't fun. I'm just not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Actually, you just remind me. I wanted to go back to that game because I started playing it, and then I went on vacation. Um, yeah, and then I just never got back to it. And it, I was really enjoying it. It's from Dotnod, who did uh, Life is Strange. Yeah, I am going to go back to it. I actually was yeah. enjoying my time with it, but I just didn't want to play it for that purpose. Yeah, it it seems too heavy for just trying to speed run. <laughs> and so, like I said, now we're at a point where we are. I'm back in this and I'm just trying for, I'm looking for efficiency. So I had beat donut County, but only had about 300 achievement points because the rest of them require certain things to be done. Yeah. So I grabbed the guide, looked at what had to be done and then just went to the level select, did that knocked out the rest of those achievements about the 700 points that I was missing in less than an hour. Right. So we're talking like 50 minutes. Yeah. I played the gardens between, which is a, puzzle game where you manipulate time to solve the puzzles i played that with a guide (laughs) all the way through and i got all 1000 achievement points in about a two hour span now that game that game would have taken me like five six hours also the game seems very very cool i highly recommend it for people (laughs) to try and play who like puzzle games do it without the guide i was gonna say was that even enjoyable at that point I mean, I still enjoyed. I did enjoy my time. I I thought, I thought the game itself was very cool. It was yeah. one of those things where, like, even though I was using the guide, I was still enjoying my time. So, then I got just started getting kind of desperate, and I started playing those. I think they're the Artifacts Mundi games, right? It's developer. They make these point-and-click adventure games that also have like uh, picture find puzzles, you know, where they show you a picture and you have to find the items. So in it kind of like Where's Waldo? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so I played the the title Enigmatis, the Ghost of Maple Creek. Okay. And I played that with a guide. And there's no guide for the Where's Waldo portions of it because that's apparently randomly generated and the items change every time. So I had to do that myself. And it turns out, hey, I really like those things. <laughs> and so I actually had a really good time with that. Uh, as far as the point and click adventure part. Was that I, on console or PC? On console. While I was playing it, I realized, and I was using it as a guide, I realized there's no way I'm going to be able to play these games like without a guide. Because the point and click is very old school point and click mm-hmm. where it's like you're going 
three areas over and then going back two areas and you're just hoping that you stumble upon this thing that you can do again and so but i have a couple more of these games that i, I didn't play because the thousand achievements for those would have taken like six hours because they require two playthroughs oh okay. and so i haven't played those yet but i am going to play those because like as just a wind down game the find the item in the picture stuff is is fun i had a good time actually now i mentioned that i had played the walking dead michonne now unlike the other telltale adventure games this one is only three chapters yeah so this is the this is the fastest yes this is the fastest a thousand of those that you can get and so i was able to get that in just one afternoon did i finish that now i have to go back and check that (laughs) now here is really where i stooped low okay for my final full 1,000 1, game, I looked online through a list of fastest 1,000 achievement points on Xbox. All right. And not just just fastest 1,000 achievements. And, of course, it recommends some of the classics like Avatar, The Burning Crusade, which only takes five minutes. But, of course, I've already got that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going through this list, and I see this game called Energy Cycle. And the guide says that if you just follow the guide completely, it is a 20-minute thousand achievement points. Bilal, this game is not available on Game Pass. I did not own this game prior. This game was $2.99, and I played it for 20 minutes to get a thousand achievement points. I was about to ask, how much did you end up spending on all this? Mm, well most almost all the games were game pass games mm-hmm. i spent between the other point and click with the finding the pictures and this one i spent like 20 bucks so i didn't go crazy trust me i thought about it because i saw a bunch of other games but they were like 4.99 9.99 this one being 2.99 and me being able to knock it out like that and let me tell you when i say knock it out like that the guide is literally like all right d-pad 2 which means or d2 l2 a2 right that's how the guide's written out that means down twice left twice and then hit a twice and it continues like that and that's how i played this entire i i looked up like every five every like four minutes or so if just to see if I had messed up. For the most part, I was just looking at the screen and entering in the controller inputs. That's actually... It's awful. I, it's I, awful I, that I got driven to this point. I'm, I'm like looking at the end of the two spectrums that we were on this week, where you went for every achievement point possible, and I, on the other hand, spent 70 hours with one game trying to get every achievement. Yeah, and you enjoying it. <laughs> I'm going to say... At least I got to try and play like 10 different games and games that I wouldn't have tried before and some that I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, The final tallies, though, however, were, as I said, Matt tried to make kind of a later run when he saw that Garrett was starting to make a later run because he also had slowed down at one point. Matt still ended up in third place with 7,340 achievement points in one month. Garrett was in second with 9,185 achievement points. And I was in first with 9,865. I thought about going for the 10K, but thought that that would be just a little too absurd. So I did not. I, 
to put this into the perspective, me and my buddy, when we did this back in the 360 era, we at least try to hit 10k in a year. So every year we try to increase it by 10k, and I got to 90k, uh, and then I just kind of was like, whatever, um, with it, uh, after a certain point. I, I just tried to go for achievements in games that make me happy now. I mean, and, that's the right way yeah. to do it. I mean, for yeah. me, the, the truth is, there was a point early on in the 360 era where I was trying to go for, like, quick 1,000-point yeah. achievements, um, but then I just stopped. Then it, my achievement sco- score became just a reflection of the fact that I just play so many games, so many different games. And so my ach- total achievement points is 169,799. And I am really mad at a couple games for not having five and 10 point achievements and making it so that my score ends in a nine. I'm looking at you overcooked. Oh my God. There's so, I mean, there are so many out there that it should be, there should be something in Microsoft's terms of service for developers that they are not allowed to do this. Especially when they start off the game with like, you hit the start button, here's one achievement yep. point. And then the final achievements rounded out, you can't, unless you beat the whole game. Yeah. And I've had a couple games like that. And that's where I got to the point where I was like, no, I'm just not. I don't I don't care anymore because this has happened a few times and I found games where I could quickly like round it back off. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is then some point in the future it happens again and I'm just not I just can't anymore. Yeah. I'm I mean like even on the PlayStation end there's like a few games where um I I chased the dragon of the platinum trophy trying it all at all but it's like it doesn't add i mean now they had that that score ranking for or a level is assigned to trophies but right. i don't know how that math works uh i just prefer the thousand achievements and comparing that with friends um but like i know i went out of my way to clean up destiny download the, the ps4 version so i can get that platinum for free <laughs> Uh, and I did the same thing with the Spider-Man remastered on uh, PS5 when the cross-save was enabled. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting, very interesting uh, <laughs> mechanic that they... It, uh, and, you know, I, it, it doesn't... You don't get anything out of chasing achievements <laughs> or uh, trophies. Like, like uh, let's just make that clear. Yeah. I know... I think Microsoft did something a few years back where they're giving out some prizes or something, and then people quickly jumped on that. Um, I think you could get like Fusion Frenzy two on the best one or something. Um, but I think what it does for me, especially like games like Yakuza and stuff, it makes me go out of the way off the beaten path a bit more and see what those games have to offer, like things I would have never even thought about um, or even noticed that were in that game. I mean, I do think that the, when achievements yeah. are done best, that is what they do. Right, yeah. is they give you different ways to play the game and have you explore different areas that you normally wouldn't explore. Um, that being said, I am not chasing any achievements this month. If I pit up a hundred achievements, uh, that might be a lot. Actually, that's not true because Resident Evil Village is coming out, and I'm sure just beating that game will get me some. Is that, is that this week? That is. Is it this week? Is it like the seventh? Oh God! So. It's it's soon. I, I'm very very excited uh, for that. But that's in the future, and that wraps up what I've been playing since our last episode. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get right into the news? Why don't you kick it off for us, Bilal? All right. Uh, sorry, I was trying to look up Resident Evil 8 release date, but we'll save that for later. Um, 
Sunset Overdrive. Rob, did you play this game back on the Xbox One when it came I, out? I love this game. I think I it's lo- I think it's very very underrated. I it was one of my favorite uh, games on the Xbox, and you know if you have not played it, uh, I definitely recommend uh, picking it up. On I think it's out on PC, and you know still available through X, Xbox's uh, latest platforms. Um, but interesting story coming out of this. Uh, it was spotted that Sony Interactive has officially trademarked Sunset Overdrive, uh, the brand, you know, uh, now making that former Xbox exclusive and a Sony IP. Um, and so there's been no word yet if we're getting a new uh, Sunset Overdrive or if it's finally coming out on PS4 or PS5. But, uh, you know, I think if it does, if they do put something out for the Sony consoles, definitely give it a try. It is a lot of fun. I think it takes a little bit to get going, um, maybe like a couple hours. But once you're in there and you, you're grinding across those uh, rails, fighting enemies, it's an absolute blast. So let's say they do release a sequel to Sunset Overdrive and they continue this franchise or they do a reboot or whatever, whatever it is that they do. Who do you have develop it, right? I know the reason they've trademarked it because Insomniac are the ones who developed it for Microsoft, and, and they so- actually retained the rights to the IP. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sony purchased Insomniac, Insomniac back in, right. yeah, and back but, in 2019. But now you have Insomniac working on a cycle of Ratchet and & Clank and then the Spider-Man, Spider-Man games, yeah. right? Do you give them, have them do another Sunset Overdrive when as much as we liked it, it didn't really set the world on fire? Do you give a team like that and have them try to revitalize and, and give them a second crack at it. I mean, is there a chance that there are just some people in Insomniac that are super passionate about it? And so that's kind of why this is happening. Or do you think it's more of they realize that they own this IP now. They should trademark it to make sure they protect it. And nothing actually ends up coming of this. I'm hoping it's the former. Um, you know, toss it over to Blue Point. Blue Point's done some fantastic remasters, uh, recently being the Demon Souls remake. Um, you know, I don't know if they're working on something, but I don't think touching up Sunset Overdrive would take too much work. That game, you know, had a very good art style, uh, so it's not like you're bumping up graphic fidelity or anything uh, too much. And it, they did a PC port as well, so um, those. I think a lot of work is done. You just kind of just have to port it over to PS5 at this point. I don't see what they have to lose, especially if this is, you know, if they're going through the trouble of trademarking it, what does it hurt to try getting a bit more sales out of it if the work is mostly there written and done? Do you think that that's what they do? They just port it? You don't think that they bring out a sequel? If they do a sequel, I would imagine, uh, why wouldn't you... Port it uh, as well? Yeah, and yeah, that, that's how I see that to be. Um, and, you know, porting is one thing. Um, and, I, you know, I hope Sony does a bit better job with, you know, bringing I, over some of their PS3 titles. I know they've been yeah. remastering them. Um, I wonder, has there been a situation where a game was published by one of the platform holders and then a remake 
was then or or the game was then ported years later down because while they do retain the ip sunset overdrive the first game was published by xbox game studios Mm -hmm. so i wonder if if they even have the rights to re-release that first game i mean obviously that contract was a long time ago and might just be a a time thing i'm I'm curious i'm curious to see what happens with that um we did see like something like persona 4 golden come to steam but that's not Xbox, right? So I'm I'm, I'm curious if uh, what comes of that. And was per- Persona Four Golden published by Sony, or was that just a I think, I think, published I think, by Sega? I think it, I guess I think it was Atlas at that point, and then uh, Atlas got, got acquired by Sega uh, a gotcha. few years later. Um, yeah, so I think it was just an exclusive deal with Sony at that point. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, Sunset Overdrive is actually on Game Pass if you wanted to give that a try. Other games coming to Game Pass have been announced for this month. And okay, uh, just just like just before you even dive into it, I sometimes I feel like all we talk about is game every week is right. games coming to Games Pass, and they're like, it, it, are there just new announcements every week? I like have, have we just not noticed this before? No, I think it comes in waves, honestly. Uh, and also they do stuff like this, right? So. They announced about a week ago, and we talked about it, Dragon Quest Builders 2 was coming in May. So they tend to do a thing where midway through one of the month leading up to it, they will release or it leaks that one game specifically is coming to the platform. And then they go and they announce the full list later on. And uh, there are some interesting ones on this list, actually. So I'm just going to go ahead and go through it. So, of course, you're getting... FIFA 21, this is just how Xbox Game Pass having EA Play as part of it. It's just how it works with the EA Play games. It tends to be six months after their initial release, right? They come out on EA Play, and and thus they're showing up in uh, Game Pass. Uh, Just Cause 4 Reloaded. Outlast, is that the second one? I think that's two. Yeah, Outlast 2 is coming. Um, Psychonauts is coming to game pass as well and that is the xbox version the original xbox version i believe is is coming and it's a cloud console and pc and pc right yeah and so i'm assuming the pc is the pc port yeah and i'm uh i never got to play psychonauts but uh when it originally came out so i'm actually really curious to just try this out on cloud so i have started psychonauts twice now and really enjoyed what I was playing of it so far. But again, it's one of those things where because it is an older game and there are new games coming out all the time, it, I always end up forgetting about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually excited to play this and, and try this again with, you know, hopefully HDR, uh, auto HDR enabled, of course, but also hopefully with uh, that FPS boost that a lot of games are getting. Um, and that game is has been asked many times when it's coming, actually, to Game Pass because... Uh, Double Fine is now owned by Microsoft, and you would imagine that this is a way to kind of lead into the sequel that is, you know, hopefully coming out this year. Now, the besides Dragon Quest Builders two, um, I think that the the actually let me just go through this list real quick so I don't I don't want to skip over uh, Dragon Quest Builders two, FIFA twenty one, Outlast two, Steep. Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remastered. Now, that's not that surprising because Microsoft has been bringing a lot of those Square Enix RPGs uh, and Final Fantasies over. I could finally play X2. 
<laughs> my uh, PS2 died uh, before I could uh, play it. All right, well, this is just another platform for me. Ignore both those games. <laughs> uh, just Cause 4, Reloaded, Psychonauts, and then the one or Remnant from the Ashes, which I believe is already available on console, is coming to PC. The one that I find very, very interesting is Red Dead Online is going to be available. And I hadn't realized that that was even offered as a separate product. And so I kind of have zero interest in playing Red Dead Dead Redemption 2. I got to Mexico in the first one and then just stopped. I everything I heard about this game and it's kind of plotting pace, right? Is a huge turnoff to me. I've mentioned many times that it takes a very special game or a very particular game of that length to kind of get me into it. I mean, sure. I've heard great things about it, but no interest. I have had interest though. in just checking out red dead online, especially since they continue to add things to it. And the fact that GTA online is so huge and so important for them as a company, you imagine that they'll continue to, you know, support red dead online. So this is one of those things where I think I am going to go ahead and get in there and give this a try. And who knows, this could be the thing that, that turns me around on Red Dead Redemption 2 as a whole and gets me to actually go in and, and play it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when we talked last before our previous hiatus about Red Dead Redemption 2, and Red Dead Red Redemption, eh, Red Dead Redemption. I think Jen enjoyed the first one, and like I think me and you felt the same way. Where game just didn't do it for me. Um, I you know I played a bit of two, um, had family come over, and then for Christmas break, and then I was like, eh, I'm playing something else now, and I just never went back to it. Um, I know people rave about it, but it's just not my game, and that's fine. Uh. Neither is Fallout, <laughs> so, but uh, you know it, it's just those open world games sometimes just are a bit too much, um, especially if they move as slowly as Red Dead does. Okay, and the next bit of news we have is the League of Legends animated series has a release window. It looks like it is coming to Netflix later this fall. Um, it looks like they also released a teaser trailer of With sorts. Jinx? Yeah. Which makes me excited. I love Jinx as a character. I think she's ripe for something like this. Uh, Because of, I mean, honestly, of all of their characters that are human or human-like, she's the most interesting visually, right? It's kind of like Harley Quinn stands out visually from the everybody else when when she's on screen and jinx is kind of similar in that in that regard yeah and i think there's vi's also in the trailer as well yeah so uh, we did we ever find out art is vi jinx's sister right I, when jinx was first released i think it was one of her voice lines is like you think i'm crazy you should see my sister right and there was a whole bunch of back and forth regarding and in the lore regarding the two of them when when jinx was first released I thought it was because Vi was a cop and uh, Jinx was a criminal. Yes, but I think, uh, but but I also think that's part of it as well. Is that, uh, I I mean, yeah, they also hit the reset button on their entire lore at some point in the last couple of years, and so 
I'm not sure where that lore stands as of hey, now. Maybe we'll find out when this comes out this yeah. fall. But the art style looks fantastic. Uh, you know, you know. I think we talked about this a week or two ago, but like League of Legends is that universe that has been primed for expansion in multiple ways uh, across the board. Uh, I was just talking to uh, uh, at work. We have we're, we have a contract with one of these agencies that uh, works with us, and I was talking to the PM there that I talk work with on a daily basis, and he was like. He's like, yeah, you know, I haven't gamed in uh, a couple of years. The last game I really played was League of Legends. And then I was supposed to get off that call in the next minute or two. And we spent the next hour talking about League and just our time with it. I was like, it's the heroine of video games. And he agreed uh, with me. Aye, aye, aye. All right. Well, I'm done with this news story because I do not, do not want to talk about League anymore. This, this, this podcast can't be an hour longer because you can't kick this stuff. <laughs> so moving on, I mentioned earlier about being excited for Psychonauts coming to Game Pass and hopefully benefiting from the auto HDR and the FPS boost feature that Microsoft had implemented. And for those who don't know, the FPS boost is a boost to frames per second for um, some backwards compatible games. And there was already... A limited number that released but they've now added 74 more games to bring the total number up to 97 games um, some of these games are now moving from 30 frames to 60 frames some of them are even getting up to 120 frames i was actually able to play a little bit of smite earlier <laughs> talking about league of legends yeah. and heroin <laughs> i was able to play a little bit of smite earlier and with the fps boost it sometimes because it's an automatic feature Right? It's not something that developers have to implement themselves. Yeah. It doesn't always it doesn't always make sense to have it on all the time the same way auto HDR does. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean the truth is some TVs won't just won't handle it well, you know? And some games uh I think I mean yeah, my assumption is that for the most part it's because of TVs, not because of the games, but it could also be that some games just don't work as well although because they're not doing it to all games i'm assuming these games have been tested now my tv does do 120 frames with vrr variable refresh rate so i was able to try it with smite it is a feature that you have to go and manually turn on on the game Um, so uh, yeah so on xbox's website uh they uh if you go to majornelson.com slash fps boost there's the giant list of uh um, games that um support it and so you get uh, the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, if it's available, what you know, if it's 60 or 120, and there's a third column of off by default on Series X, uh, and I think Smite was one of those games where. It, uh, yeah, so it was off by default. So yeah. was Titanfall 2. Um, I booted Titanfall 2 up with a, a FPS boost on, but then it actually gets to try it out because then somebody hopped on and ended up playing something else. Um, but it worked really well in Smite. I. I mean, the game ran super smooth. And so I'm really excited to to give some of these older games and even some of the games that like Smite that I continue to play, right? Uh, and there, or- are, there are some great games on here that like have been part of my backlog for a long time that I haven't uh, gotten around to. Alien Isolation, now at 60 yeah, hertz. Yep. Um, Assassin's Creed Unity, a game plagued with issues as, like in frame rate drops when it uh, released. Actually... It helped me realize my original Xbox One was broken uh, because I would get uh, graphical glitches 
which Microsoft ended up saying, yes, yeah, no, your Xbox is broken. It's not the game. Um, and I just never went back to it after that. Um, I think Deus Ex, Mankind, United, um, the dis- the Dishonored one is interesting because Dishonored Death of the Outsider gets a 60, it gets an FPS boost. That's an expansion to Dishonored 2, but Dishonored 2 is not on this list. Yeah, but that's also a standalone expansion, is it not? But it's built off of the Dishonored right, 2 Right, tech. right, right, right. So I just it, wonder if, because it's smaller in scale, that maybe for some reason it's just easier to implement. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of great stuff in here. Uh, definitely check out that list. It, you know, if you have a backlog, if you have Game Pass, there's a lot that um, just got boosted. Uh, I know Yakuza 6 Song of Life is something I'm eventually going to get through once I go through Yakuza 0 through 5. Um, but, you know, seeing that get a bump, because I know the community uh, on forums I've been to uh, was asking about that uh, for that game in particular um, to get a 60 frames per second update. And I don't think Sega was planning on it, so to get something like this like through microsoft is uh, fantastic uh why don't you go ahead and take us through our next news story yeah so sony has announced that uh, a deal with discord they have backed you know they are i think funding discord uh but they are also uh yeah let me read this from the verge as, the part, as part of the new partnership, Sony is also investing an unspecified amount of money into Discord as part of their Series H investment round as a minority investor. And so this deal will bring Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on consoles and mobile starting early 2022. Um, and so I'm really curious on exactly what they're integrating here. Um, now, is it the ch- chat? Is it bringing Discord to PlayStation? Um, right. What's your so- take on this? So I find this very interesting. One, because there was all those rumors before about Microsoft acquiring Discord and Mm -hmm. Discord's final decision to just stay independent. And now Sony is a minority, has a minority stake in Discord. Uh, Similar to actually Sony having a minority stake in Epic Games, correct? (laughs) Yeah. And so, and on the other hand, I'm interested in, right, what they actually what it means to integrate Discord into PlayStation consoles, what that partnership entails. Now, honestly, the PS5's parties, and I think on the PS4 as well, kind of work the same way that a Discord server does, right? It's this mm-hmm. persistent chat room that you can hop in. You can have different ones with different friends lists invited, and you can name them different things. And so I don't see the best case scenario is that we do just get discord implementation mm-hmm. right and so then it becomes what we we're talking about before where hopefully we can get discord implemented in every console right yeah i don't really see that happening if discord isn't wholly owned by one of these platforms yeah. because it doesn't make sense necessarily to just throw away what you've already built when what you've already built works well now for say a Nintendo Switch, this would be perfect because what they have is awful. But for the most part, the party system on Xbox works. The party system that Sony has works well-ish. I have my issues with it, but it works well. So I don't know if we're going to get that. Now, I hope this isn't a big to-do about nothing and it ends up just being something similar to what the Xbox already has regarding Discord where 
they had in the past implemented functionality that on you could link your Discord account with your Xbox account, and then when you're playing games on Xbox, it would show what you're playing to your friends. Kind of similar how when you're playing mobile games and you have Discord running on your cell phone, it shows your friends that you are playing this game. Yeah. Um, now, besides just implementing chat features, it'd also be great if we could get some, you know, streaming to our server channels and stuff like that. Like, there are so many things that could be done with a Discord integration. I'm just worried that this is going to be a lot of happenstance for not much of anything. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe we're old here. Maybe we don't use Discord like the young ones do nowadays. Because it does seem like people hang out on Discord. You know, they'll start with friends. And they'll they'll have their servers. They'll hang out there. And like, but like I think for me and you, it's always been like we just jump on the Xbox or PlayStation. And our right. friends are there, and we just jump jump into the party that's already running. Right. And and that's it. Um. I mean, oh, for, I do, yeah. no, I mean, for me, Discord is really just when we're playing. I mean, Discord has become our group chat app, right? Okay. And so I do use it every day. But as far as actual voice chat is concerned, it's mostly relegated to when we are playing PC games or on the off chance that we're having a video call. You know, like we are Billy behind the scenes. We're using Discord right now as well as another software to record this podcast. Yeah. And so, it's like... Yeah, and I, I think for me, where I'd really like to see it expand is like take Destiny for example. They are bringing crossplay over the PC Discord community has been great, especially like with there's like a Sherpa channel where you can get Sherpas to like guide new players through raids. They break it down, and like I thought that was a really great experience on PC. But when it comes to, like you know, if you can integrate console players into that and combine that community, why not? Um, like th- that could be a really cool integration. Uh, yeah, I just wonder how that stuff will work, right? I mean, n- Discord for... is very much a PC app, <laughs> right? I mean, not for yeah. nothing, but yeah, typing and chat through text on consoles isn't the greatest experience, right? Yeah. So I just, I don't know. Like I said, I'm very curious to see what ends up happening here. I, and truth be told, these consoles do support you know keyboards. You can plug them in, so. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, but as for right now, this is just a kind of nothing story <laughs> that I hope leads to something bigger. But as of right now, I mean, it's just I, a headline. It, I think the best way this could be done is some tie your Sony account to your Discord account. Use your phone to join a chat room. And then in your party chat on like options uh, on the PS5, you'll see the discord channel pop up like like it's one of those groups you can just jump in and join it that way i think like if they could integrate that somehow that would be the right way to do it Um, yeah that would be perfectly fine i mean honestly using your cell phone as a another connected device to kind of um facilitate things happening on the console side i think is a great idea actually with those um Bang it in Olufsen headphones that the Bayo plays that I bought. I've been using the, that's how you adjust the equalizer mm-hmm. is the, through the cell phone app. So when it's connected to Xbox, it is also connected to your phone, but not the way, and we talked about this before, not the way some other ones are where you can also stream 
wait from your phone to your headset, listen to a podcast or like that. It's just connected so that you can use the equalizer functions. And then even though there are controls on the headphones themselves to adjust volume and uh, balance and also active noise canceling, right? Um, using it on the phone is, has just been a more precise and faster way of doing it. So that's what I go to most often actually is using the app on my phone to adjust those things. Even just adjusting volume is just easier for me to slide it kind of exactly where I want versus the touch panels, which worked really, really well, but it doesn't have the same visual feedback that using the app does for me. And so I've just found that's my preferred way of using that. And so I think having some solution that way works, you know, is it, ideal no you don't want to have everybody require a second device to kind of access those features but it would alleviate the text aspect of it right and i i mean we'll see again i feel like we're spending a lot of time and a lot of speculation on something that it could be another year before we see anything from it and it could be nothing it could be game changing but right now we just we don't know so you said we'll hear more in the coming months. So I'm guessing E3. E3, right. Yeah. Sure. Um, quick aside, because you mentioned headphones. I Because I was playing Returnal and I finally turned on my PS5 after a long time, I put on the Pulse 3D headset. They are not comfortable. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> they, like, sound quality, fine. Uh, I think the 3D use of audio is great. But man, I, I've been using the Xbox wireless headsets uh, and... and streaming a podcast while I was grinding out those extra levels in Yakuza. Like, there's so much more functionality for the same price with the Xbox wireless headset. So, uh, yeah, I'm any other pair of headphones better than the Pulse 3. Um, like, in the <laughs> control... Like, I was fumbling in the dark trying to figure out which was control, which was game and control. Just even finding the power button, um, you know, it was all confusing uh, for me. And then using the Microsoft Xbox headset... It was just turn the dials, and there's only one button to turn it on and off. It was yeah. Simple as that, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't buy the Pulse 3D headset unless they come out with a better version with more functionality. All um, right. Let's wrap up these last two. Yes, come on. last two. Uh, I'll do the Halo one first. Halo Infinite is will have crossplay and cross progression with PC and consoles, um, and additional PC features as well, such as smooth mouse and keyboard play ultra-wide support for 21.9 and 32.9 and beyond. I don't know what's beyond that. That's already pretty big. Um, refresh rates, triple key bind, FPS and ping overlays. And uh, an FOV slider. FOV slider, uh, which will, all, I think, also be available on console um, for Halo Infinite. And then the cross-play is f- across Steam, Xbox, and Game Pass on PC. So uh, I think that's where it gets really interesting for me is because I already anticipated it being across, you know, Game Pass mm-hmm. on PC and Xbox. And I knew they were going to release on Steam, but knowing that, yes, it's also fully cross-play with Steam, uh, I should have assumed that it would go that way because that's the yeah. road they've been taking. Um, that is what's more interesting to me than just the fact that it's going to be cross-play and cross-progression because I already expected that. Now... At this, in the year 2021, right, everything they are mentioning is what all big budget games should release with, okay? Yep. Now, so this shouldn't be 
that big of a story in my opinion it should be what is expected but it is nice to hear because it just reinforces the fact that yes microsoft is taking pc very very serious right and that um they are giving you everything that you could possibly want from a pc game and that's it right is that they're not treating this like a port they're treating this like a pc game they're treating it like an xbox game they're treating them like both like they were built from the ground up for these platforms and you don't even though this should be the standard there are many (laughs) big titles that fail to meet the standard right so it is uh it is great to see i mean you love to see it yeah and like halo master chief collection you can't play the campaign um with console players from pc there it's just not possible and it was like a really big disappointment when me and my buddy tried to do it my wife was using the tv and then i had to bring the xbox over to my office in order for us to play together so um, i'm glad to see that you know they are sticking with cross play and cross progression on this because it gives me more areas to play yeah no 100 percent. yeah and so we'll jump into our final story you know if we're going to play halo uh, Infinite on PC, you're going to need one of the best graphics cards out there. And, you know, if you can find one. And so NVIDIA decided to release another card that no one will be able to get. Um, the RTX 3080 Ti, which hasn't been announced yet, but has already been leaking out in the wild. Um, you know, the card is going to support 12 gigabits of GDDR6X memory, a 2 gig- gigabyte increase from the 3080 um so it, you know it falls in between their 3080 and 3090 um uh, cards you know their boxes are out in the wild even in the united arab emirates you know there's boxes available of you know of the card available in store already um i would love to get my hands on one i, I won't lie about that i have the 2080 ti i would love a little bit more graphics power for these 4k games on this 4k monitor i i honestly i just want to get i would like to upgrade my son my son is running a 980 ti right because he has my old gpu in there and i actually recently redid everything in there outside of that yeah uh gpu uh i would love to get my hands on just like a 3070 or a, a or a 3080 like i don't need a ti necessarily for him uh but if we get 3070 TIs. I mean, what's the matter? We're not gonna be able to get our hands on it. I would just. It is a. It is getting a bit frustrating. Um, yeah. And, and it, I, it it really is just a matter of like. These, scalpers, right? These bots grabbing them all. Um, so I I think the one thing that's been good with the PS5 and Xbox Series X releases as of late is that they've stores have online stores have at least started implementing um ways to tackle bots but i think bots are still getting around those like you need to be there as soon as it's available and you still need to pray to god that you're lucky enough and you get your info in quick enough uh to get one Um, yeah so i will say what newegg has been doing lately is newegg has been doing a lottery system of sorts where uh you know they bundle the unfortunate thing is of course they're bundling it with something else i don't i don't need a motherboard new yeah, I, right. I don't need a motherboard right <laughs> Th- throw an ssd or something in there i can right. always use another ssd <laughs> yeah and so i mean that hasn't stopped me from entering into them <laughs> and yep. not and not getting any of them but um yeah i don't know i mean we'll see what ends up happening the, the combination of scalpers and uh the resource delay and getting you know 
being able to actually make these and produce these and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I, I, the funny thing is I don't see this problem um, going away in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Right. Like this is just, this is basically <laughs> what sneakerheads have to deal with, with limited releases now is what gamers have to deal with, with computer gamers have to deal with these graphics cards. Uh, cryptocurrency doesn't help it much. There, and and, and like, so I was having a discussion with my cousin about this because I was like, isn't, doesn't the electricity ca- cost outweigh uh, what, the gains here? And he's like, well, the price of cryptocurrency is so high now that, you're you're just making depending on what your rig looks like for yeah. mining you're just making so much more i mean crypto's at an all-time high right now and it uh, doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon yeah and it, I, and to nvidia's credit they have implemented kind of a nerf on crypto mining in these graphics cards yeah. and so but that doesn't seem to be stopping people um where there's a will there's a way yeah right but yeah, I think that wraps up the news for this week. Is there anything else you had that you want to talk about? This week was much busier than past weeks, it feels like. Yeah, I, I think the only other thing I just want to quickly want to talk about is the news of a giant bomb this morning um, of, you know, Vin, Vinny Caravella, uh, Alex Navarro, and Brad Shoemaker leaving because that site was like the staple of podcasting, of gaming. They were kind of like the forefathers in that quick play let's play before youtube was a thing and just seeing those guys get up or you know all three leave announce it at the same time hit me in a way i just never expected (laughs) uh to the point where my wife came in and gave me a hug when i told her to news she's like i'm sorry your podcast people are leaving i was like I, i was like i feel like my friends just died um so i listened to a number of different video game podcasts yeah. The Giant Bomb and the Beast Cast, in my opinion, are the gold standard for video game podcasts. I can only hope <laughs> to one day be even half the podcasters that those guys are. It's incredible also to have listened to them for this many years. I mean, I would be walking to law school, and that's the podcast that I'd have yep. going on in my headphones. And to listen to them for this long, to see them introduce new people... And it feels like they have have always been fantastic on getting the right people in there who just fit, right? I don't think there's been a single personality that's been introduced that I, I haven't grown to love and appreciated the takes that they brought to the table. And so I know that I saw a statement saying out of Jeff Gersman, who is yeah. staying on saying that they do want to bring in some new faces and new voices. And they have a, they've been talking about where they see the company and the vision for the company going forward. So I am excited to see what comes of this, but I'd be lying to, to if I said that I wasn't really, really bummed out earlier when I saw this, I also wonder what happens now with the beast cast, right? Because that yeah. is, you know, Vinny and Alex are two thirds of what has been the Beast cast for the past, you know, four five months, right? Yeah. And so, does that it, mean that that just goes away? Like, so yeah, and like you know, they recently got acquired, and I know under acquisitions a lot gets shifted around, um, and so 
what Giant Bomb ends up looking like, where it ends up going. Uh, I mean, as of right now, there are three-man ship with all three leaving this Friday, um, with Jeff Gertzman, Janet Choa, and Jason A. Schreiker um, uh, left on board. Yes, yes. I mean, they do have some other people kind of yeah. behind the, the scenes. And Jeff Bacalar actually just recently announced how he is now in char- kind of in charge of games over there at the new company. And so... Yeah, it, it's just, if you haven't seen their stuff, if you haven't listened to their stuff, definitely go back, watch some of their best of videos. Like, they were honestly the forefathers of, like, what you see on YouTube, what you see on Twitch. Um, and so they were the old guard. It, it really is an end of an era uh, and this type of stuff. Like, I never really got into YouTubers or uh, Twitch streamers too much, but these guys were something just clicked. Um, and so, you know, their E3 night shows were the best. Yeah, um, I think one of the things I loved about them is also they they feel like real people. Yes. <laughs> Whereas sometimes, and don't get me wrong, I, there are some YouTubers I like, there are some Twitch streamers that I, I watch and I follow and stuff like that. But sometimes I feel like these people are either straight up characters or they're playing exaggerated versions of themselves and don't get me wrong i'm sure there's some of that going on with the uh giant bomb when they're doing some of their videos and stuff like that but for the most part they felt like real normal people that you could just hang out with and and grab a drink and just talk to right and i think that that is the kind of voice that i enjoy listening to right um I think there should be more of that, honestly, and kind of less of the over-the-top entertainment entertainment through spectacle instead of entertainment through just being genuinely witty and 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 funny. And so, I don't know. I'm I'm excited and nervous to see what ends up coming of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. I know. It was just something I wanted to mention at the end here um, because. You know, a lot. Of, one of the big reasons I enjoyed podcasting or even th- thought about doing gaming podcasts was, you know, I listened to them for years, and yeah, you know, 100%. it brought me so, it brought me so much enjoyment. And you know, I was like, why don't I put my voice out there as well? Maybe yeah. somebody might enjoy this. Yeah, um, I'm. I mean, and I'm also excited to see where what ends up happening next for Brad, Alex, and Vinny, and what they end up doing uh, in their lives. And so. I, yeah, I mean, it definitely bummed me out earlier and stuff, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I agree 100% that if you're talking about my biggest inspirations when it comes to doing this stuff, it, it w- they would be number one with a bullet. Like, yeah. it's not even close. Rob, this is our time to become the new Giant Bomb East. <laughs> yeah, right? No, 100%, 100%. It's so funny, too, because you don't get a ton of people from, especially Giant Bomb East, like Vinny... Jeff, like those guys are Jersey guys, right? Yeah. They're like Jersey, New York guys and stuff like that. And you don't get a ton of that, right? Yeah, like Jeff Backlar mentions a pinball arcade that he goes to with his son. That I've walked past that place. It's five minutes away from my work, and we, me and my coworker, have walked past it numerous times. It's like it, it's a Jersey thing, right? At the end of the day, right. like you, you get that. You get there's that warmth to it all. Um, no, but like hats off. To those guys 
uh, I don't know what Jeff Gertz, Gertzman does um, going forward, but excited to see what comes of it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, just kind of want to pay a bit of respect to those yeah, guys. Yeah, a little homage to Yeah, for all the work they've done. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> I feel like that brought the mood of the, I the podcast <laughs> down a little bit, but no, I mean, I, like I said, excited to see what happens next. Um, that being said, if you're looking for new content out there, uh, make sure to check out m- me streaming over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash sunnyvice20. That's S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. Say hi. Mention that you listen to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, all that other stuff. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at sunnyvice20. Again, that's S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. I'm trying my best to be more active on those, but I'm pretty, pretty terrible about it. turns out that when you've got a job, wife, kids, way too many pets, that it becomes hard to cut out the time to kind of stay up and active on on those things. Um, That's why I like streaming so much, honestly, is because I was going to go and wind down and play those games anyway, and now I can just hit the button and be putting it out to everybody and hanging out with people coming in into the chat. Uh, I also hope to continue the stream with my son on It Takes Two. And yeah, Oh, that's... yes, please. I'm <laughs> waiting for that. You guys didn't play anymore, right? No, we haven't played anymore since. I think uh, right now we're kind of, seems like it's going to be an every Wednesday thing. Just because, I mean, my son has homework. He has responsibilities still. And so, although we'll see. Uh, the other thing is that after we recorded this last week, um, my wife went out of town, so it was just me and the kids, which meant I had a little bit less time than normal to, to stream. And then I was actually away for the weekend. So that's also part of the reason why we haven't streamed again. But I hope to yeah, – well, hopefully we'll be streaming tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, and we'll see what happens going forward. Again, because I am kind of inconsistent, make sure you follow the channel and you turn on notifications for when I go live. Uh, definitely keep me up to date and uh, as usual you guys can follow me at Bilal underscore Mion and uh, follow the work print at the work print on Facebook Twitter YouTube uh, Twitch Instagram uh, all the good socials uh, besides TikTok because I'm not gonna dance for you <laughs> I don't know man I might just start dancing who knows we'll see I'm not on there yet but we'll see <laughs> all right um yeah, uh, that about does it. Uh, I think next week we might have a third uh, going forward. Uh, with, uh, I'm so excited to bring on the third and figure out what exactly happens to this podcast. It balloons uh, into a three-hour podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to just, at some points, I'm just going to have to give you the wrap it up. The wrap it up. I'm just going like, to close the Discord minimize it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.